podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Friday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and on this occasion I am joined in person by Tony Anderson. Hello Craig. And we are going to talk through the midweek fixtures in the Singe Premiership. It's going back and forth so many times. Thankfully we only have one more midweek round between now and the split. It's, it's, it is hard going. I mean, I don't want to... I, I love doing podcasts and it's obviously something we, we love everyone supporting us and we love the, the sort of opportunities that it brings us. But it becomes really fucking hard going when it's... Because you try to watch all these games, you're like needing to sit... And you want to watch them properly because you want to give the audience some sort of insight. That's what they're listening for. But uh, and then you go on the other side as a Hibs fan. It's, it's. I feel like I've watched Hibs lose every day since November. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just tired. Like, uh, you wondered as well when we were at the Simon game whether the crowd, whether the, the, the amount of fixtures were having an effect on the crowd as well. Mm. Where it's just like there's so many games, and when your team's not playing well, it's like, oh, I, like cause I didn't need, I nearly didn't go to the Dundee game. And I'm saying hindsight, I wish I did not, no. uh, but I really didn't go because I was knackered after filming the, the first episode mm. back. But it was the only reason I went is the hearts to be good this season. Mm. It's like, how long does that last? Uh, partly until Wednesday night. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I've, I've just saw that. Um, I saw on Twitter that maybe Hearts have shifted a lot of tickets for the cup game. Uh, That's a really surprise, man. No, no, but I'm just saying that it's an example. Hearts Ah. fans have been doing really good. It's been a really big time for the club, the fan ownership. If they were playing weekend to weekend, it'd probably be more. Yeah. It's it's been a bit oversaturated recently. And it just is. It it can be tough going. Like I said, I, I got the boost with Maloney coming in. So I went to Motherwell... And I went to like all those games in a row and we didn't score any goals. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Christ. And then we went to the submitting game and it's cold. And I was like, if, if, if all it took was, if you weren't coming and Duncan was, like I was meeting, I sit with Duncan. If he'd said, oh no, I can't get through today, I'd be like, hard push for me to travel from here to there by myself to sit and watch it. Really would have been tough. Right, let's uh, start off with... <laughs> but we like football, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but let's start off with, yeah, we'll probably won't go too in-depth on a lot of these teams, uh, a lot of these games. Uh, but let's start off with the game at uh, Tidecastle, because it was the biggest shock. Uh, mm. the biggest, yeah, definitely the biggest surprising result of the midweek games. Dundee, at one point in this match, there were four points adrift at the bottom of the table, but now they're no longer even at the bottom, having uh, two games went in their favour in terms of a team being 1-0 up and then losing the contest. Hart's done it against Dundee, St Johnson's done it against Simon, we'll get to that game shortly. But Dundee go to Tynecastle for the second time this season, managing to avoid defeat against Hearts in Gorgie, winning 2-1. And yeah, I mean, I'll talk briefly, I'll, I'll talk about Dundee right now. Okay. Um... Because I don't want to, I don't want to focus on them too much. Because I still don't think they were that good, <laughs> but they definitely got better in the second half, much better than they played in the first. And uh, they made some good substitutions at the right times. Now McGinn, uh, he crossed for the the winning goal. He had a bit of a kind of creative effect after coming off the bench. Max Anderson was a good substitute at the time. He brought a bit more legs to the midfield and allowed Dundee to to kind of you know show a bit. To kind of have, at that point in the match when it was one each and could go either way, Dundee had a bit more legs than they did earlier in the game. And also as well, the defence deserves a bit of credit. And Ryan Sweeney was very good. 
William Fontaine. That's, that's, that's big news because, I mean, that defence has been woeful and Sweeney's been pretty bad himself because he's the one I feel there's a bit more expectation on than, than maybe some of the others. He made a crucial clearance off the line as well at 1-0 in the first half, which if, if that goes in the games, you can't really see Dundee coming back from that. And even like, I think Cammy Kerr had a decent enough game as well and Liam Fontaine wasn't bad either. And the goalkeeper, he, he makes a howler for the first goal, mm. but he, he responds with... Some very decent saves, uh, although I will I'm starting to get a bit infuriated. Even though he's a good player and he scored in this game, Ellis Sims just seems to be one of these forwards that just wants to batter it at the goalkeeper every chance he gets. Mm. So there's no, so he's the the opposite of Nisbet because Nisbet always wants to caress the ball into the corner yeah. and use his foot and in his side foot. But Sims is it all about the laces every just, single aye, time? Yeah, aye, aye, and he just seems to smash it off the keeper like loads. Even the goal he scored, the keeper yeah. should have saved it. Went aye. through him. And yeah, but I don't want to give, and this might sound like sour grapes, but I don't think, even though Dundee improved in the second half and McPake got his substitutions right in that sense, I think a lot of this was of hearts making. They should have had the game buried in the first half. They, they missed chances in, in addition to, to scoring the goal. They also missed chances at uh, before it went one each in the second half and then after it went one each. And then the real kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Robin Olsen makes a tactical change on 65 minutes. He brings off... Let me try and remember who it was. Andy Halliday. Halliday came off at 65, yeah. Halliday was actually having a decent game as well at left wing back. Took him off and brought on Josh Ginelli. And he changed the shape of the team. Instead of the 3-4-3, he went 4-4-2. Now, I don't want to go too over the top on it because I kind of thought it made sense at the time Dundee had lined up at a 4-4-2. When I was going to the Dundee players, I should have uh, give credit to Danny Mullen. He had a really good game. And uh, scored as well, and that's kind of one of those ones like Danny Mullen, like I've slagged off for his inability to score. Of course, he scores against Hearts yeah. right after I said that. And uh, Rudden had a, a decent enough match as well. They done a power of work up front because they had to be kind of defensive a lot of, of course, the time. Right. Uh, but some decent movement amongst them as well. And so Hearts changed it to go four four two. You think, okay, well they're matching up with Dundee. That just means like kind of let's throw the kind of tactics out the window. Let's just see if you can. Um, like be, be man to man, man, to man, to man. man yeah, yeah. Be, be better man to man, and then be better the than the player that you're up against, an individual. Yes, but the problem was that Hearts before then, so the game was one each, and yeah, you're making that change to to be a bit more attacking because you're bringing on a really kind of attacking player in Girelli, and you're going four four two with two wingers in the park, so it is kind of like okay, we're one each against Dundee. We've got 25 minutes left. Let's let's really go for it. But that's kind of sub that. I could maybe maybe something you should be waiting until like ten to go to do that because after that Hearts barely created another chance. They really weren't carving open Dundee in the manner that they were beforehand, and it, the game really that they struggled to get the ball into the areas they had before. Sims and, and Boyce weren't really doing much in terms of Lincoln. They had to go direct a bit more, and it was just kind of coming back with Sweeney in particular winning a lot of his headers. And so Nielsen for me really got his tactics wrong in that one. And another. Um, Another facet of this game in the second half was that Benny Beningame and Peter Harrod really lost the midfield battle to Dundee's to Dundee's midfield, and he didn't try to change it. He he kept those. Well, sorry, he took off Beningame with ten to go, but that was to bring on Ben Woodburn to try, and mm-hmm. that was after Hearts had gone two one down. So he was trying to bring on another attacking yeah, player yeah. to get the goal back. But had he introduced Cammy Devlin with about half an hour to go, and maybe just done that as opposed to taking off and changing the system, I could still see Hearts. It was kind of looking like it would be one of those nights, but I could I wouldn't have seen Hearts losing the game if it wasn't for that sub. Dev- Devlin's quite Devlin's quite aggressive and he's pressing. He likes to go looking for the ball as well. So uh, you'd be bringing in someone who can hold the shape, but would be quite proactive and try to get Hearts the ball back quickly, and then feeding the feeding the, the sort of forward players. Haring did have a good pass. 
for a, a great chance. He had a Hearts very had. good, f- uh, well, not very good. He had a good first half, but that, the second half he was shocking. Yeah. Uh, it was one of uh, Haddon's worst performances of the season. Beringaway wasn't really at it at all. He could have followed on for his show in Ibrox where he was poor as well. And so, the, I knew so because is it fair to say that Beringaway's after an incredible start? Not been poor, but has had quite a substantial drop off. He's probably yeah. I mean, he just got back from injury, and he was decent enough against Mother. One, mm. I thought he was really good against Hibs, but he's, like, the last two games he's been guff. <laughs> and um, there is with him and the team as well. There is kind of a, a lack of, and this is the, this is the the weakness the Hearts have in the midfield. I mean, they've got two, they've got three guys who are excellent at winning the ball back and protecting the defence, but none of them are very good at kind of feeding, contributing the attack. Devlin's the only one that can make the runs that can create space for other attackers, but he's never going to score. Harren is quite similar. He's the chances of him scoring are very rare. He's also a bit kind of plodding, but what he does do is show a lot of. Composure and confidence on the ball in terms of he's probably the best of the, the three in passing it forward, and especially when he's kind of long diagonals. And that's where I think that, that Barry McKay's been really good this season, uh, but a lot lands on his shoulders. He has to come and get the ball from deep, he has to drive with the ball. I always feel like his game peters out towards the end quite a lot. And is that, and I'm not saying that's a lack of fitness, and obviously I don't see him as much as you, but because of the sheer weight of responsibility on him, maybe? Yeah, I would still keep him on. I always think it's daft to take him off. He's mm. always the one most reliable to create a chance. Maybe let him just be further forward, tell him to maybe just play him off a striker and play him as... Or just like, even if he starts to dip out of games, just uh, the fact that he, he's got the vision to see stuff. Absolutely, and yeah. Also, before he was taken off, he was kind of marginalised being, being stuck out in the left wing anyway. Mm. Um, I know he played that for Rangers, but he always played, usually played in a three rather than a four. And that's what he's done for Hearts as well. And the fact he was in a four meant he was a bit more glued to the touchline and didn't have as many avenues. When, you've, when you take your most creative player and only stick him on one side of the field, you're going to limit what he could do. Mm. So... Yeah, there was a lot of bad decisions for, for Nielsen, but fair play to Dundee. They, they certainly, as I said, the kind of midfield, their midfield players, uh, Sean Byrne, yeah, I think he was another one who had a decent game. They really kind of got the better of Hearts in that area in terms of the workload they put in. Like I say, I don't think they would have got the victory if Hearts hadn't made that tactical change. Mm. And at that point, they were a bit lucky to be level anyway because Hearts had missed chances and the goal that they scored as well. I mean, they're always going to need an element of luck. Yes. Dundee, this, certainly this Dundee team to come to go to Tin Castle and, and win. But the goal that they scored, Taylor Moore, man. Oh God, so bad. It's, it's, he sees them. Um, and then he just the tiptoe him back like Mullen then what do you say never let the striker see your shirt number he's got it and then he can just run right across him. he's really proactive Mullen and yeah. it's good but I mean it's it's coaching 101 for a striker if the guy if he's going to look at you get across him straight away he needs to make the, the more difficult cross uh, or, or look to try and cut it out rather than he just gets flat footed completely it's really poor really poor Right, so that was a massive win for Dundee and we'll get to why it was just after this message. Roses are red, violets are blue, don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist men's grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code TERRACE for 20% off and free shipping. January has been and gone. It's a lazy month. It's a month where you can be forgiven for getting behind on your personal hygiene. But it's time now to get everything nice, neat, tidy and smelling fresh. And Manscaped is here for you. With the Performance Package 4.0, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. You get the Weed Whacker. You get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. You get the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. And the Manscaped Refined Cologne. 
There's also two free gifts thrown in, their shared travel bag and their anti-chafing boxer briefs, which, as I've said before, I do rate quite highly and wear often. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code Terrace at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Terrace. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. So, next game, St Mirren 2, St Johnston 1. St Johnston took the lead from the penalty spot, but couldn't hold on to get anything from this match. They made a similar, uh, for what I read, they made a similar kind of 4-4-2 switch in the second half, which didn't pay off for them. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of parallels between these two games. It was St Mirren in the end who got the victory um, with, uh, what's his name again? Grieve. Keep Alex Grieve. Alex Grieve. Keep what I call him, like Craig Grieve, who we were in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, inside joke for everyone there. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I thought it was quite a sweet. There'll be about three people out there just uh, giving it the kind of oh, hmm. yeah. <laughs> good reference. Uh, Alex Grieve, uh, it's a quite a nice story to come from what almost amateur football in New Zealand was it? And now he's well, I think banging them in would be getting carried away. <laughs> scoring a goal, scoring a goal, and um, and so against Hibs, his work rate was really good and. He's sort of like, um, he's quite different from Brophy. So I think there's a blend to be had there in the way that they can play. But Brophy might struggle, man. I don't I don't know how much Brophy will suit playing with Kilty. And, and the, the shape that um, St. Mirren went for in this game, they had Jordan, the 4-2-3-1, and they had Jones, Ronan, and Kilty in behind. And that sounds like quite a lot of quality, quite a lot of variations in, in their play. But having Brophy, who likes to drop deep and shoot, uh, I don't know how much that will suit them. And you see, like, the goal that Greaves scored, I don't know how often Brophy scores that goal. I don't know, I think he went harsher, Brophy. I think he looked decent before he got injured this this yeah, year. Yes, yeah, he did, but I'm saying the team's changed already. And he's in his absence. I'm not being harsh. I'm not saying that Brophy... Brophy is streets ahead of Greaves. <laughs> no, but I think what I was saying is that I think they'd already kind of changed the system because it went from the three to the four already uh, this year. And Brophy looked good at it. Because yeah. he had Kilty playing quite close, close to him. him. So that, but maybe, 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 maybe I am being a bit harsh. But just that well, I saw that. What I saw about Grieve against Hibbs, Brophy's still better at playing with his back to, to goal. goal. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it worked really well. And that goal, St Johnson will be disgraceful losing that type of goal from a cross ball for Kilty when you're. Pl- I hate low crosses to the back post that a striker taps in when you're playing with three centre halves. Infuriates me. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like you should almost, if you're going to be playing with a back five, you should, well, that should be eliminated. By that point, there was four. Well, there was only two centre-halves. Oh, well, that, that was, no, it wasn't. That was only after an hour that they made the changes. When was, oh, wait, sorry. The goal was earlier. They made the changes after that. Oh, did they? Sorry, ah, sorry. Because McCart was out of position um, for the for the cross of the goal, and it was still Cleary and Gordon that were coming in. <laughs> So let me. Uh, I only saw the highlights of this. You watched the game, so that's why you know more. Of me. There must have been not much happened after Alex Green scored. No, no, it didn't. That's why. I, when you, you, you I'm ca- actually stunned to see that was in the 49th minute. Yeah, because you, you came, you came when you came in. I was sitting. What I'd done the back to back. I finished work at about the back of four. Uh, finished early, and then I was sitting, what try to watch with the effective time the two games. And I was coming to the end of my tether after watching two games completely back to back, and I, I just swore off because it it dies a death. After that, and that tells you a whole lot about St Johnston. Yeah, that is that is poor. That's, yeah, and I think, but that was a kind of complaint as well that amongst Johnston fans that the tactical change to go to the four didn't didn't help them at all. No, no, it did, nothing changed whatsoever in terms of them getting forward. They lack so much quality 
like Middleton was decent last season, but he, he, it was just it was a purple patch. I think we can all now fully agree that there's no arguments that Middleton had a purple patch last season, and the years before that and this season are a much more accurate way of uh, describing Middleton and, and even their goal it was like Middleton and Hendry did link up but in the most agricultural way you could possibly have a front to link up going up the line <laughs> like, like basically fighting with everyone up the line it reminded me a bit of uh, Callahan and, uh, and Bruce Anderson last season well a lot of the time when they were when they would link up and they were just fighting nearly giving the ball away scrapping keeping it and eventually um, Middleton gets away and he gets tugged back and it's and it's a stonewall penalty that, that Hendry puts away but yeah the, the signings just seem so sensible that, that St Mirren have made um, even bringing Gogic in there Gogic in power is a really good baseline now for them to if you're going to have three attacking sort of skillful types of players and Kelty Jones and then maybe even Brophy in the future and, and obviously Connor Ronan that's a really nice base and, and they can have that and, and power's good enough to sort of drive forward and, and play the ball forward and then you've got Gogic and the way that you can only have Gogic is to play a specific role we, we saw it, it worked relatively well at Hibs last season it fell off a cliff this season when, when he tried to play but I think it was right. Gogic had to go. The fans had fallen out with them. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And, 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 he, and, and, the, and the team, the way they were trying to play, totally passed them by and he was just falling out of games. And I watched this and Gogic was right involved and he wasn't getting shit for just hooking the ball forward sometimes. And and, the, the, and it works for something because they can play, they can get the ball forward quite quickly because now they've got these four players and like you say, Brophy could come back later and, and, it's, and it's really good. Good fun. I think they've got a lot, and I love it when they score when Disco Land comes on, and then and on um, Y Scout you don't. Uh, they, there's no commentary when you're watching it, so you get to hear the crowd loud and clear, and it's just fun listening. To, oh, At, like after the goal going on for a while, I was like, that's a good choice of a uh, goal song. So. Well done, Paisley, for that. I think St Johnson were a bit harshly done with the penalty decision, though. I didn't. Who was the referee, by the way? Like, I don't know if you've got that to hand because I did uh, not recognise him at all. He looked like a kind of discount. He looked like if you try uh, if you bought um, John Beaton from Wish. Okay, um, I've just said I've got the match report here, and I can't. Why <laughs> I don't know if it does referees. Uh, I can maybe check on. I've got BBC Sport open as well. They'll they'll tell you, won't they? Yes. Uh, so bear with me one second, Craig. Why don't you tell our uh, listeners something about your life? <laughs> I'll just talk about the penalty. <laughs> so the cross comes in. McCart he has his he has his like elbow tucked into his chest, mm-hmm. but he does he does kind of fall like towards the ball, and the ball kind of seems to hit his elbow. It's, but he'd, he had it so tucked in that I just thought like surely you, you won't be given that, and he didn't like. It didn't, it didn't seem like he twisted his body to do it. I can kind of... It looks a bit... In full speed, it looks a bit kind of dodgy. So I can maybe see why the referee give it. But And I'm not even... Like, I used to pride myself on being an expert on a lot of these rules and how they were implemented. I've, I've struggled to get my head around this, uh, the handball rule since the changes a couple of seasons ago, so I don't know whether what comes first or not. <laughs> David Dickinson. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's really good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Did not expect yeah, that at all. That's 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 extra my memory. I don't normally know a lot about the refs, but that one's sticking with me. Dave Dickinson <laughs> is a referee in Scottish football now. There'll be a lot of jokes about that. <laughs> I never heard of him. Um, yeah, but that, that must be uh, that's, that's got to be one of his first games in the top flight. 
Yeah, must be. Yeah, but I, I was the same. I, I thought, I actually thought that the, it was for a bundle. The, the penalty but then when we watched it closer it, it, it definitely for the handball but it's it's ridiculously harsh but it's, 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 I was going back to St Johnston the lack of quality man in that team there's there's absolutely nothing there's just there's just nothing to hang your hat on who's who's going to create the chances who like uh, Butterfield and that comes on and you're like this is just another of the types of midfielders you have I don't I don't understand the signing policy there we're getting a guy like Butterfield it's not that he's rubbish but it's just it's just that you've already got your Craigs and your Davidsons and it's just it's just the same thing James Brown was taken out of the team for Tom Sang who they got in on loan from Cardiff Jaggy Pish Pish again and I was watching because I was like oh I could Brown I've, I've, I mean I've made my feelings clear about James Brown over a, a while now and uh, Sang and he got hooked after an hour as well uh, Jones, he was, he was. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh because he he kept Jones out the game for little periods. But Jones, the, what I like about Jones is their variation in his play. He, he, he's quite happy to play an early cross. So while he's quite quick and he's got good close control, he doesn't always go to the byline. So he keeps a defender guessing. But Sang never really got anywhere near him uh, at any point to stop him doing whatever he wanted. So. Yeah, not for me either. Gallagher's not so bad at left back. I can see him. He's industrious. I'm going to talk about another industrious fullback. But you know when they're they're quick, they're agile. They can get up and down. They don't have a lot of quality, but that means they can hold. They can hold the shape together, and they can help you make the pitch bigger when you're going mm-hmm. forward. So it's more of a tactical thing. You don't expect the world from them, but they're passable. Well, as your Sands and your Browns. They just don't do anything, man. They just don't. They don't. There's a brown. It's not even there, but he's just. He is the most boring player in Scotland. Right, let's move up to the game at Pataudry, Aberdeen 2, Celtic 3. Probably the most exciting game from the midweek's action. And Aberdeen coming back from two goals down, tying it up in two each, and then letting Celtic score again with a, a big hint of offside. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtic scoring just immediately after Aberdeen had made it two each. Uh, Aberdeen started in a. Stephen Glass, man, he just can't get his team right. Like I talked about it at the weekend, how he, he shaped, he changed formations a couple of times before he got a formation that worked for his side. So he started again in this one with a formation that didn't work. It was a narrow three, sorry, a narrow five three two. Uh, so you can see him a bit of thinking, get the centre half to mark up on Celtic's midfield three. Hope that the fullbacks go inside quite a lot, and then you can use your your wing backs as extra defensive cover, and you can stop Celtic from doing that. That didn't work at all. Celtic in the first half, uh, well, they only had Aberdeen used this for the first half. They attacked very often down Aberdeen's left and created a number of opportunities through that, including the two goals mm. as well. So it really didn't work for Aberdeen. And I've been thinking about this. Like, so Aberdeen are. The systems don't work. The two 0 down to Celtic. They're not getting anything going in attack as well because they're playing this narrow system. The only chance they've got is hitting Celtic on the break, which mm. they did once maybe in the first half. Like really not often at all. They're going to need to change it to get back into the game. Do you wait till after you've got five subs now, so you can make changes early? But obviously, there's a thing. There's the the stigma attached to being brought off mm. early if you're a team, if you're a player. Sorry. But also as well, I wonder whether you wait till half time so you can really get the message across about what you want to change it to Ooh. and then, you know, get them re-energised. But it, it does feel a bit... But on the other hand, like, 
they've wasted like 20 minutes of the game that they have to try and get back into with a formation that's not working. Especially against a team like Celtic. You're yeah. not, you might not get... I know they, they did get back in it, but you might not get the chance to survive that. Yeah. So maybe if you're playing... St Johnston or, or, or Livingston or something I mean Livingston's probably a, a bad example but you understand what I mean that maybe I can hang in there we'll just hang in there and then I'll get them in but Celtic you probably have to be proactive if you're going to get anything from the game yeah and some of the problem as well is that with the formation you can tell it was an issue when David Bates kept having to come out to like the wing basically left to, back area yeah to track Celtic defenders as Johnny Hayes and Johnny Hayes didn't really have a good game at, at the kind of like I say left wing back but he was more really left back they then, to be fair, there was a bit of, probably across the course of this game, they can maybe also count themselves a bit unfortunate. The first goal, it's a really kind of bad mistake by, by Woods, where the ball's not bouncing that much. There's not, it goes across the face of the goal, but there's nobody enough close enough to it that you could really think that somebody's going to knock it in, so it yeah. freezes you. He should be coming more confidently to just collect it. What did you think about Ramsey at that point? Eh... Uh, could do maybe a bit better, but we're just still getting there. Yeah, first. he thinks that he's probably just thinking he's just covering, thinking. Yeah, the Woods is just and Woods just to... pushes it off of Jota. Yeah, uh, it's, as far as I can tell, it was kind of re- quite hard to see exactly what happened. But that's what looks like. What uh, happened. Scott, like I enjoyed Jota's celebration for it. Absolutely going absolutely mad for it. Like a player, it just it shows how much he's into it because he's going mad when he scored an absolute scrappy goal. When he's just like a stylish player, he is right into the fans and he's doing the golf shot, pretending to Joe Hart and all that, like because he's scored with his shin. And then the second goal takes a massive deflection, O'Reilly's goal. So they're a bit unlucky there. And Celtic's winner as well. Big kind of hint of offside. It's hard to tell whether he is actually offside though. But if he is, he's definitely interfering with play because he basically blocks off David Bates and it should be disallowed. But The, the referees, I saw Dermot Gallagher or something on the Sky Sports News thing and they were looking at it and he said it, it, it should be allowed. Oh, right, really? I mean, that, again, the way the offside rules started to change... Um, from uh, and just like the handball rule, it starts to get really. So was really he saying that was like a second phase? As soon as he comes back on side, yeah, yeah, he can block off baits if he wants. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, right. it's, it's very it's, it gets confusing, man. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough, but that's still a bit unlucky. I still think well. I still think it was offside. I think it was. I I, I disagree with the referee <laughs> who's, who's sitting there telling me. But you know, what, maybe like that's just what I mean about the rules. But I just it really annoys me because it's just that guy is interfering with play, and it's not he's offside. So Aberdeen changed it for the second half. They went to a 4-2-3-1 with Kennedy and Ojo coming on for McGeoch and Ramsey. And Bejuin, Bezzy, went to the left. Kennedy on the right with Ferguson as number 10. And immediately, like, Brown and Ojo as the kind of sitting two midfielders immediately gave them a lot more cover on the flanks because they were able to, because the two of them kind of in that position, they were able to split out and, and really kind of stop those attacks as the deeper midfielders. While also as well, they, they got some... A lot of joy themselves down the flanks. That was kind of really where Aberdeen done a lot of their damage in the second half, getting down the wings, getting balls into the box. And both of the, the both of the goals kind of came for that. One was Hayes getting fouled uh, after he'd done a wee kind of thing on the on the on the wing with McCrory. Oh sorry, not McCrory, um, with, with Bezzy. And then it was called back that the current is a goal. And then on the other side as well, it's McCrory charging forward, winning the free kick, and then the, the score for that as well. And they still threatened a wee bit after Celtic went back in front, going down the wings. But Stephen Glass, how about you, you know, come up with a good formation from the kickoff uh, at some point? So, do you want to know why The way you use McGeoch, I find strange. Like, seeing games where you're not, when they're going to be under the cosh, I don't think McGeoch's the world's best off the ball as a central midfielder, but I think he's absolutely great at linking things together. Well, he certainly was. So I just find it weird that this is the game that he wheels him out for when he doesn't play him every week. This is the choice. 
I find that weird. I'd want them in a lot of the other games um, to allow people to like, take it off the defender. You never have to go, especially with glass. I thought McGeeo could be his man with the way that he spoke about the style of play, wine, but he's better now. But I saw that was when I first saw it, I was like, nah, it's a weird game to suddenly wheel out the old Dylan McGeeock, but he went for it all the same. Uh, Ramirez, I think it's fair enough to talk about him. Uh, and he got that disallowed goal and he scored that a few times this season, that swivel and like strike. He is, he's, he's a deadly finisher. Ramirez, people can talk about the pros and cons of him as a as an all round player, but as in between the posts, he scored a variety of goals. He has been a good signing, um, but that that one that got disallowed, that's in my head. That's starting to become uh, sort of like Ramirez at his best, but he doesn't even he, he knows where the goal is so well that he can just swivel and smash it, and it mm-hmm. goes right into the corner. So I was uh, quite impressed. And McCrory, so oh, I get. I feel really sad about McCrory at Aberdeen. I, I do, he was so good when he first went. Yeah. You could see, and, and it's all been stunted. And, and I'm not saying it's Aberdeen's fault. I know they need to play him, and uh, and I know they need. They've, they've had issues at the back, and they've not had the right players. And Constantine and Gallup, different players have got injured. But it is a bit sad that we've not been able to see him develop at all. It, yeah, he just get moved about all the yeah, time. Yeah, so we're never going to see. And, and I think he would suit it really well. He could be a ball carrier for them, which they arguably lack uh, and McCrory and Ferguson and when it started I was like right that's going to be good that's going to be good you're going to see that ongoing for for, for Aberdeen and I just I just it's, I said I'm not I'm not blaming anyone I, I understand the injuries and I understand he's one but I feel it is a bit of a shame because I think giving him a run in that central midfield posi- position you'd start to see the best of him come again and, and he's and he's good Dyson Maeda not convinced as a as a striker, yeah, he's he's gonna. It's always hard with them Celtic strikers because they're going to score. So their stats, all you know, and they yeah. are good. They're all going to score, they're, but their stats. So the stats always look okay when you when you have a look at. It. But I like you're saying. I, I didn't watch it, so I'm interested to hear this because when you watch them closer, you start to see what they lack. Yeah, I thought it, his touch isn't as good as I kind of initially thought it was, and it just. Kid, he, he does a lot of work up front, but I'm not sure how much quality there is there as a Celtic player. Yeah, he's a workhorse. I, I was thinking that the times I saw him, uh, he's a bit of a workhorse striker. Like you'd be picturing him playing for another Scottish team rather mm-hmm. than, than to, like he's, he looks like a good, a good bog standard Scottish player. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? A good bog standard. So I'll be, I'm, now that you've said that after watching him for 90 minutes, I'm going to I'm going to keep an eye on him there. Right, let's move to the game in Dingwall. Ross County left it very late but managed to get a draw against Livingston who took the lead and missed a penalty at 1-0 that uh, would have surely wrapped the game up in their favour but County continue to pick up results as they look up towards the top six really which is, uh, as we talked about in the last show is wild but it's it's a reality now and uh, they managed to survive this one with a very very strange goal at the end has to be said to oh, Bonkers. And what's he doing? <laughs> It's a strike, like so many people in the box, and the cross from Spittle is not a good ball. It's like, it's it's like he doesn't back himself to put in quality, so he does the sort of golf shot high because he knows he's going to get into the the mixer that way. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? That that's the easiest way for him to get that ball in there without fucking it up. So rather than just playing like so, there's no pace on it. It's just right up and down to land in there, and the goalie decides to come. But no one is going to be able to get a good header on that kind of ball. No one's going to like you. The neck muscles you need to <laughs> to make that ha- like to make anything happen for that. The likelihood is that you're probably not going to get anywhere near the goal. But the minute the goalie comes out, it means that if a Ross County player can divert that onto the goal, 
with no pace, it's it's a goal. So he just evacuates the goal, and there's just no. It's, but you, I'd, you'd be bailing, and the strike like Legzins at Dundee. They're very frustrating goal. But again, like we talk about this about defenders. You don't want inconsistent or rash goalkeepers. And I feel those two really, really are. Because I'm seeing that some weeks, so strike, or oh, they've got another, the Celtic have kept the clean sheet. He's obviously going to have to have a brilliant game. Easter Road, he, he made some good save. You know, like these games, you're like, oh, he's good. And legs at the same. Legs and it's cost them six points against County this season. They're, they're huge sticking points that at the end of the season you look back and go well if he doesn't fuck up then we've stayed up yeah so it's like but I found the game while not good um, and not, not a lot of chances not exciting it's something to sit to try and analyse for, for this I found it quite interesting obviously Martindale's a really interesting manager anyway tactically and the way that Mackay has Ross County set up I think's relatively unique off the ball it's extremely narrow man everyone comes in and it's like Regan Charles Cook's really central, Callahan's really central, and Hungbo's really central. And I think he's got a respect, Mark McKay, for how fit and sort of mobile all three of them actually are. So like when they come and they're off the ball like that, and then they just it's just about who's closest to get out wide when they need to make shape and to make give that like to give avenues for passes for Ross County players when they get on the ball. So it's like you see them turn up all over the pitch. Yes, Hungbo is more on the left and, and Charles Cook is more on the but they are so central and Charles Cook picks up the ball central and driving quite a lot and Callahan ends up on the right. And I was speaking but that's I watched them back to back now. Um and it's 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 really quite interesting. It's like uh and the only way I could was imagine it's like um, Gus Hiddink done it with South Korea. If you want to get really geeky, back in two thousand and two, and he played with every single player played narrow, and then they all were so fit that they would just it was like a two 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 two. Mm-hmm. You don't quite do it tactically because they play fullbacks, but it's a similar sort of um, the rules are sort of similar for it when he's doing it. So it's interesting. And now he's got Spittle on the pitch, and they've got a goal for that. Even though I was slagging off the style of the cross, he's managed to get all the quality players because I spoke a few months ago about. County try to get all these sort of the good players and uh, and now with Spittle there and watching this game I was like is he is Spittle now going to go on and have like Jason Holt's career just because they were both on the pitch <laughs> is that he's a diminutive sort of forward sort of behind the striker type player quite technical skillful and now he's getting moved back I don't think he's tenacious enough for that because yeah. J- Jason Holt is a tenacious wee fucker uh, yeah yeah that, that'll be more, but that's what he's trying Marky McGuire is trying to do that and like, Spittle was putting in some tackles and he, and he was certainly working working back and then when you go to to Livingston I was watching obviously I got the Nubel again which is just so much fun man just, you forget so you're watching the game, so you click it on, and it's like a cartoon starts, and it's like, who the fuck is that? He's absolutely <laughs> just what when he just walks into the camera. This guy is obscenely big. <laughs> it's funny as well. It seems like it's going to be Nubly away for home, or is it Nubly or Nubly? <laughs> Nubly's better, so we're going for no, a Nubly. <laughs> Take a nibble on the nubly. It looks like he's going to start away from home, mm. and at home they're going to play Bruce Anderson, which mm-hmm. kind of does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, more of the guy away from home who's going to do, like occupy defenders and keep the ball sticking mm. up the p- field. Anderson can do it to an extent, but not as, as well as nubly can. But it's Anderson at home because he's clearly got the better goal touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, nubly, I mean, he only scored like five goals for Arbroath. He might never score for Livingston. <laughs> They, they like those but types. Still, of, but still they like those types of strikers. Got that. But who's who loves them? Is it is it Ross County or I mean, Hamilton Aki's loved them? Oh, like strikers that didn't score, but they could be a handful and they could help your team. But uh, Nubly was great, and um, 
Martindale visited a tactic he used last season with Jet, having sort of like a really awkward sized player. And he used, when he brought on Anderson later on, he moved Nubly, Nubly, I'm definitely going with Nubly, <laughs> um, to, to, to the left wing. And I was impressed with his work rate there as well. And he's, you're going to play for Livingston. That's all, always, Martindale's obviously been there for a long, long time. And work rate, well, I think that there's so much more to him that, which I'm going to come on to in a second. Um, he, he was fitting in with that, even going on the left, which I imagine is not somewhere he's been put very much. And he's kind of a better footballer than you'd assume. You know, you're, you make, the stereotypes come up. The minute he comes in, you're like, right, bruiser. Just mm-hmm. give it. Um, and he had a great battle with uh, Yakaviti. I thought Yakaviti was really, really impressive against them because it's, you know, you're going on and you see him. You must be like, right, fucking hell, this is a unique experience for me. I can't just go, you know, you, when you go for a header, you have to play it smarter. You can't just go and challenge for the ball that you normally would. And I could see him cleverly biding his time and he's got up and he was winning a really quite a lot because then Yakaviti isn't he the tallest defender either. Yeah. And he, and he won quite a lot and Yakaviti's ball playing was quite good. I think maybe he was a bit, maybe it was him that just arguably a pool header for the goal that Penrice pulls up for Forrest. But I did think both defences were, were quite on top and it was and I was impressed with that because Livingston with Forrest and uh, New Blaine Anderson, they've all been quite in good form recently. And I know Forrest got the goal and that was poor for... It would annoy them, but it was just show Forrest could barely get a kick in this, which really impressed me with County. I could see he was getting quite frustrated. But with the goal, it was like Penrice wins the ball, drive forward, and Forrest just like obviously so confident, basically just takes it off him. And it's, he just demands it. And then he drives forward and he just unleashes quite quickly and put in before they don't react quick enough to come and stop it. There's three of them there to do it as well. Nobody actually gets close enough to stop the ball, but it shows the levels Forrest is hitting now that even in a game where he's struggling to get into it, he still has a major, major impact and score. But what I liked about Livingston, even with Nubli up front, the variety in their play, they're a good football team now, man. They, watching that and that weather as well, which was like ridiculous. Livingston played a lot of football. They passed the ball really well at points. Holt was dropping so deep. Like he was probably on the defender's toes a lot of the time picking up the ball. And he gave it away a couple of times in, in dangerous areas, but in that way, that's probably going to happen. Um, and Omionga again was was just everywhere and he was superb but he had a few as you can see there's going to be a lot of missed kicks in this game because yeah. of that weather and Omionga had a few he got away with especially in the lead up to the goal actually got away with him. but overall it's just really interesting to watch they've got the variety Livingston can have now when they, they, they do play good football and I quite like watching them there but then they've also if they pass it about and you put them under too much pressure don't worry about it we'll just knock it up to him and they can keep the ball so They've got so a lot of options now at Livingston. They've got the right players in the right areas. Um, they got the st- and they probably should have won. They, they, they there was not a lot of chances, but then once um, Ross County had to move forward and and start committing, they created um, a few great. Anderson had a sitter when Devlin did a lungbuster up the park from a corner, and Anderson should have scored. He kicked it out of the goalie, and then they obviously got the penalty, which was a stonewaller. Penrice winning it again. Penrice, someone I watched quite closely. Never really giving them any respect. I'm just someone who's just, you know what I mean? Just players just go past you. Eh? They, yeah. they don't. And but I thought he was all right. Again, someone like I've seen with Gallagher, he's got the work rate, the agility, the mobility, the fitness to do the job. And he put in some decent balls. Andy won. He won that penalty. Andy helped. He probably got. He got an assist for the goal as well, actually. Um, and then Obelai, who obviously we were talking up literally two days ago <laughs> and then right away he does this does the stutter penalty which we're also talking about there and blazes it over the bar um, but yeah all in all 
And while maybe not the most lots of goal mouth action, I found the two teams are really quite interesting to watch just now. Right, so let's uh, move on to the game at Tannadice where Dundee United defeated Motherwell 2-0 to move back into fourth place in the in the South How? <laughs> the league's just the same again. Is this now how Scottish football works? That nobody's good. So I saw the I saw the highlights for this game and then uh, I saw the team and seen 3-5-2 and thought, oh, have Dundee United figured something out here in terms of how best to use Tony Watt? They paired up with Mark McNulty. I thought, oh, right. Have they, have, as Tam Courts now found the right formula and this is going to be United between now and the end of the season they've got Tony Watt who when he left Motherwell for United or at least you know when he first signed for United was the top goal scorer in the league is he going to carry them then all the way to Europe <laughs> having watched the game they were United were not impressive at all Motherwell were Motherwell were the better side I would say and uh, the first goal especially comes out of nowhere from mm. a United point of view Motherwell really like kind of knocking on the door and looked like they were, they were going to take the lead themselves Dylan Levitt scores an absolute belter but at the same time it certainly helps to have Tony Watt playing through the centre because mm-hmm. it gives him the ability to roam all over the pitch so he was going at left a lot, like he does want to do, uh, like Tony Watt likes to do, but he was also going over the right. You've seen that with both goals. Goes over to the right with the first one, beats Ojala, I think it was, mm-hmm. who was back from Motherwell, cuts the ball back. It's it's a good cross, enough of a good cross that uh, Sondra Johansson could only clear it as far as the edge of the area and then Levitt you know, unleashes an absolute belter. And the second goal as well, he kind of drifts out to the right and comes in to attack the back post and finish off Niskazin's... Um, who I also thought for the highlights had a good game and then watched the game and I was like, no. Well, I mean, that was, that was <laughs> one of the main things I was going to ask you because I know Duncan was Duncan was, was alluding to it that we were saying it's a shame this because of the team because they did use him and he was decent at points. I think he should still be in the team because he's that much of an impact. Yeah, yeah. He could, he could put on that, that final bit of quality and, and Scott McMahon has a bit of quality for left back as well but you're asking him to be a wing back for a team in the top half. He can maybe do it because he, he does have deceptive kind of creative abilities mm. but this guy pace because you saw it with that goal it's yeah, pure absolutely. about pace like yeah. out sprint like just takes takes a touch beyond just an action yeah. uh, beyond uh, Mugabe and then just sprints away for, for Slattery and it's a good cross and obviously they probably don't they might not even get the victory without him because Motherwell would have a bit more belief about them but yeah I don't think he was that impressive otherwise but Motherwell since I, since Motherwell is just one of those ones where it, it, it rains it pours kind of thing where I mean they could have had the lead 11 seconds in yeah, Sean Goss with a shot from 25-30 yards that Seagrass makes a brilliant save to just touch it onto the crossbar and then even for the free kick that, that comes from that the Goss hits, a, hits the the effort just over the crossbar they controlled much over the first half uh, they, they had a f- kind of narrow front three uh, that would kind of press the United defenders and really stop United from playing it out for the back Goss- which is pretty good when you're playing against a back three Aye, Goss and Slattery were quite up at getting in support. They had, uh, I think it was Slattery had a header that he put wide. Jordan Roberts had a really good chance. That it was, it was kind of hard to tell whether it hit his own player, but I don't think it did. I think he just skewed it wide. And uh, Efford had a shot that he, he should have, he sh- maybe not necessarily better with the shot, although the shot was pretty poor, but it was more about the fact that when he picked up the ball, they were in like a three-on-three three or even like a three-on-two, and he didn't use... Didn't really use the play well enough. Head, didn't use head down type. Uh, how was how was effort just in general? So it was alright. I mean, the Motherwell attacking players played quite like Woolery had a few kind of decent runs at the defence. Roberts had a couple of decent things. Effort was maybe the weakest of the three, but yeah, there was just it was kind of in the run that Motherwell were on. It was kind of just one of those days. Uh, the second half wasn't 
They weren't as in, on top in the second period. United had kind of tightened things up a bit at the back, but they still weren't enjoying a lot of the football. So the goal, again, just kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> There's just mother one a 2-0 hole by that point, and yeah, no coming back for them then. It's just a weird, a weird game. Don't often see that. No, no. And what was it? The, the tweet I saw that um, the podcast put out about Hibs, Aberdeen and Motherwell. Yeah. <laughs> not win a game between them. Yes. All of the top six. Well, not anymore, but all of the top Aye, six. Was it. If you include Hearts, so Hearts have played. So if you include Hearts, it's only two wins in 23 for the top six outside of Celtic and Rangers coming into this year. And only one of them's left the top six. There's <laughs> only two of them, well, Hearts and Motherwell. And 2022 is the year of bloody... We're back to the years of the Diddies. They're back. <laughs> Sorry, in Ross County. Yeah. And somebody said this in our uh, Discord uh, forum, but it's like, it's one of those, because I said that, was it last year? I said, it's like, who's, who's winning all these games? I was like, eight bad teams. <laughs> We're kidding at that again. Who's winning all these games? It's, it's just, it, we, we, again, it was only a few months ago, I think me and you sat here talking about the quality of the league and how it went up for last season. And then it's, it's not. It's we were wrong. We were wrong. And uh, <laughs> nobody's good. Um, but that's the way we want it eh? it's just fucking bizarre and so impossible to really analyse <laughs> yeah so let's move on to our final game Rangers 2 Hibs 0 Tori did you see this? I did I got home uh, I went swimming and I was on my way home and I looked at the team and I was like what the fuck is that? <laughs> there's, there's three left backs um, and uh, I mean it's one of those see when these things happen you know when they make these sort of um, these sort of team selections you can be, you can get all the people. You can be really facetious about it and like really slag it off. And then obviously, when you look at it properly, and you know, you know, really, and your heart of heart, when you're looking at it, like you obviously thought Stevenson in midfield. I get it. Um, and then Doig Mitchell, Mitchell has the pace to go forward, and then obviously the protection, right? So I get it. But obviously, when, when it doesn't work, it really is so easily used against you as a manager. So it was, it was basically like seven defenders. Uh, it was funny, and then people were posting on, on like uh, Twitter and stuff, just like the the formation of Hibs, and it was just all the defenders seven. And then it was like <laughs> Henderson and someone else in midfield, and, and Doyle Hayes, and then just Nisbet Miles. <laughs> but this is what happened again. It's, you can you're being silly, you're 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 being deliberately obtuse with it. You know you know what you're doing, but as I said, it can be with social media that can start working against you because it just you can it can just ramp it all up. Yeah. So. Um, when I was looking at it, so like, oh, and then then we lost penalty in four minutes. <laughs> All right, and Paul McGinn got Paul McGinn back after a few weeks. Gives away a penalty, gets injured, fucks off. <laughs> Maloney, I think, wanted to keep him on, but he was saying that he was done. And then that actually helped Tibbs get back into it in the first half. Um, he brought on Jasper, Sylvester Jasper, and again he was really quite impressive. He, his work rate both ways was was really good. Um, and he's just he's, he's, he can take care of the ball he can dribble quite nicely and he makes sort of decent decisions so I've got a lot of hopes for him and I think we needed it and again further we started with three at the back but the minute that, that McGinn went off in about 12 minutes or something we had forced to make the change to four and Hibs looked much better mm-hmm. like that but um, to go on to to Rangers um, aye, they never got out of first gear and they could have won that game anytime anywhere at any point at any time of night um, they absolutely strolled it in Morelos again him and Porteous having a nice wee running battle it's always funny but I noticed Morelos he wasn't getting as involved as he normally would which is sad for the box office side of life but um, just I'm starting to get this feeling with Morelos that 
he's done a lot of morphing at Rangers. As mm-hmm. Boy spoke about, he, ch- he changed his game, then he went off the boil a while while he was in that mid-change, and I feel like we're getting to the stage now where he's sort of brought all together, and he's done it all at Rangers. And it's like, you know, when you say, it'd be better for him to stay another season, when yeah. you talk about players, I think that's, maybe not deliberately, but maybe has happened, and it is actually going to make Morelos a miles better player, even though he probably did want to leave. Yeah. When the, the, and like how the stars have aligned, if someone comes and gets them at the end of this season, I think they are getting really, really fucking good striker. He can do absolutely everything, because he was dropping off, he was playing really intelligent passes. You know, like when, they're, when the, the midfielder's about to come and get you, you just knock it around the side of him, and there's a, another midfielder's coming on again, and it's just, he's, he's so sharp, and he's seen it, and then his goal... I mean, where Rocky goes is something like remember Rocky Machine against Celtic, where he just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> See, again, where's he gone? <laughs> That's definitely where there, there should be another defender there. And he just completely disappeared, and then you just see him, and you see him coming into the picture late. Where have you been? <laughs> and then uh, Morelos and the finish is like it's so aggressive, and it's just so confident because normally, I mean that type of finish you don't normally do one on one with the goalie roofing the net yeah it's like so like obviously so on top on point so sharp then he goes through later on and he tries to dink the goalie not something you see Morelos do no I think that was just a flex at that point he was trying to score a special goal just the game's over really he knows it but maybe again that he's adding more to his games he's starting to come he's thinking about his finishing more because his finishing's always been erratic I think it's safe to say so I just want to take this opportunity I mean there's not much LC Port, John Lundstrom, impressive for Rangers. And, and that's again, because he was good against Hearts as well. And he seems to have, when, I mean, he never got a kick for ages under Van Bronckhorst. And like I said last week, I mean, when Sands came, I thought, right, Van Bronckhorst wants to have one of these types of players. So that must mean exit door for you, but he's kept them both. And then strange enough, I thought, well, that definitely is the end. But now he's come in and he was, he was good, man. He seems to have really come got comfortable in that position playing in that 4-2-3-1 his usage of the balls better than when he first came in he's passing forward he, he understands he's not going to get so long on the ball either he's keeping it relatively simple and he's quick he's deceptively quick and he gets back and he can sweep up for Rangers and it allows them to have everyone sort of piling forward so yeah it'll be interesting Ramsey came on never done anything for another um, cameo he's I've just read he's starting at the weekend it's already announced that he's in the cup and Hollander's back at the weekend which will be good because Balogun I think went off injured in this game so they did start to get to not very many defenders and you don't want Simpson coming in um, no. at all so <laughs> they'll be pleased to see Hollander back so Rangers really cooking with gas they've fair play to Van Bronckhorst because it was after that Celtic defeat you were like that kind of been coming as well Rangers haven't been good and suddenly he's managed to get the reaction where they've now went and probably their best performance of the season maybe against Hearts bounced right back with the best and then they never got their first gear there against Hibs they probably could have scored more uh, and now he's got all the signings and they're starting to gel so it's really going to be really really interesting at that end of the league Right thank you very much Tony Anytime. Thank you to everybody for listening. We are now going to record the Patreon where we will preview these preview preview the Scottish Cup. You're a, you're a prevert. <laughs> the Scottish Cup fixes Patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. Thank you. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.